to another episode of Knife Making Down Under podcast. Uh, we've got a couple of special guests with us today. Uh, our own, one of our own local talents in the knife making industry, Keith Flutter. And we also have uh, an international guest, and we've got Jim Coop from Sharp by Coop. Um, so it should be some good listening today for everyone. Uh, need to welcome back on board Corin and Mert. So how are you guys going? Oh, exhausted. <laughs> we just had the Sydney night show this weekend. It was great. And it was great to talk to people and talk to other makers. And thanks to everyone who stopped at my table. But anytime you prepare for a night show, it's just exhausting. So how was your weekend, Ken? Yeah, the weekend was good. Really enjoyed it. I like going to knife shows. Um, outside of the component of knife shows of actually selling knives, I just like going to knife shows. Uh, because as we touched on just before in our own little conversation, I can talk. So I like to go and catch up with everyone that I haven't seen between shows. It's all all good. Uh, and what about you, Corin? Yeah, thanks, Kev. Um, I'm just recovering, actually. Yeah, the knife show was huge. I didn't, I'm not going to pretend like I did a lot. Uh, I've got a great team there that um, loaded the truck and set it up and then packed up the truck while uh, I entertained... Uh, Brian from Paragon and Jim Cooper and then during the show I basically just used paper wheels and did sharpening demonstrations and walked around talking to people so it was was pretty relaxed for me uh, on the Monday after the show I uh, went up with Brian from Paragon we did some business and uh, had a look at the beaches Bondi and so forth and then yesterday we went canyoning up in the Blue Mountains uh, experienced some cold water and um Blue Mountain scenery for Jim Cooper and Brian from again from Paragon and Keith Flutter as well. So, uh, oh, and of course, Susan, lovely Susan, Jim Cooper's wife, and um, Trevor, his son. So, today I spent the whole day fixing up my die filer to use saw blades, which I kind of sort of have a plan to do, and I got it a prototype working. So, that was that was pretty good. That was my 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 week in a nutshell. I uh, my shed looks like a bomb hit it, but that's okay. I don't think it's ever looked like it hasn't had a bomb hit it, has it? Oh, it looks uh, like a bomb hit it is kind of a bit drastic because that sort of implies there's stuff strewn everywhere where normally it's more packed like a a box of matches or something like that where it's uh, there's so much stuff you can't get anything else in there. And, um, yeah, but at the moment it's, uh, oh, it's probably a mixture of both. I've got too much stuff and it's a bit of a mess. Anyway, never mind. Yeah. Um, Keith. Yes, mate. How was your weekend, mate? Mate, um, as, you've, uh, as you guys have indicated, uh, you know, the show is, uh, is just huge, um, you know, and you just talk nonstop for, you know, the eight hours a day and, uh, you know, I don't think I I had lunch on either day because it was just full on go 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 all the time. Um, so you know uh, Monday, uh, you know after the show it was just like uh, you know Jim said to me Jim Cooper said to me well you know what's the plan we've we got something planned today. I was like mate let's just play it by ear and uh, maybe we could just have a bit of a relaxing time, uh, which we did and. Then basically, uh, 
uh, Jim and his son Trevor and I went for a walk and uh, uh, which was good. I was going to take them for a, a walk down through you know my bushland uh, at the back of my property and then my dog decided that it would escape outside of the fence. So uh, we spent probably, I don't know, what was it, Jim? Uh, 30 to 45 minutes trying to get my dog out of the bush and, and back up to the house. So uh, after that, we were pretty much flogged, mate. And um, you know, the rest of the afternoon was just like, let's just sit down and uh, we really look forward to a relaxing, nice cold beer uh, at the end of that day. So uh, that was my Monday, mate. Yeah, fantastic. Keith, that, fantastic. Was, the, that was the best part of my day. <laughs> Chasing the dog through the bush <laughs> or the beer. <laughs> hey. Righto. So um, as we all know, the Sydney show... Um, is Australia's biggest knife show, um, and it's something that's been steadily growing over the last few years um, with the input of um, all the members of the Knife Art Association. And I think this year in particular, it was good to see, um, you know, it, it was strange for me. My feeling of the show is quite strange that um, it seemed intensely busy for a period of the day Saturday, and then quite steady, but overall, it just it was strange. It felt like the show um, wasn't as busy, but then the numbers came through from um, Andrew Smith saying that we actually had an increase in numbers through the door. So um, I found I found that quite interesting that there was an increase in numbers. Yet uh, I don't know whether I'm just getting used to the larger show scene or not, but it actually felt quite relaxed. Any, anyone else yeah, uh, find I, that? I, I, uh, I sort of got the same feeling as you've just described. It was like Saturday was like, you know, as soon as the doors open, like with every show, it's like bang and everyone's there. And then, you know, around about the two o'clock mark, it sort of seemed to, to sort of die down a little bit. And I was thinking to myself, oh, maybe, you know, this is not such a, such a good, uh, you know, a good feeling or, you know, it seemed like we'd sort of plateaued a little bit and um, you know Sunday rolled around and it was it, it was really really constant um, so you know for mine having seen the, the the total numbers and and seeing that you know we'd gained another 10 percent through the doors it was a real surprise and uh, uh, hopefully uh, and I'm sure that it will it will uh, you know keep growing so yeah it was it was a great show what's what's behind the barking man is it is that your dog is angry at you because you found him <laughs> no sorry about sorry about the bark, barking today we're recording in hashtag bunnings picton in all right in, ah. in my workshop so uh I, right. I, I, I dare say that's one of my dogs or or uh, more likely someone's dog on the bike track out the back so yep never mind um and uh yeah so Mert, how'd you go sales-wise? Oh, sales-wise, it was good, man. Sales-wise, I was happy. And only only sad part was there was a knife that I didn't want to give it to Jim to take a picture of it. It was a feather Damascus with the Honduras Rosewood World and Muskox handle. I was thinking, uh, I'll just get a picture of it later on because it was a 
uh, more on expensive side compared to my other work. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'll be fine. I'll, we'll be there in a few hours. It was the uh, second knife I sold in the day. I think it was sold in the first first half an hour. That was the only bad part. But other than that, it was a good show. I sold many knives. I got to see many people. And many people actually who listened to us from the podcast were there and saying how much they enjoyed the podcast. It was interesting because people were coming and they're talking to me. I'm thinking... I have, the, I have a really bad memory. I'm thinking, I know this person, but I don't remember where. And, and I'm giving that look, and they're saying all of a sudden, no, no, you don't know me. Just I've just listened to your podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was, it was good. It was a good to get yeah, to know I, people. I and... So don't forget, oh, on the subject thing. of that, don't forget to get, for everyone listening, get onto our social media, onto our Facebook page, and onto our uh, Instagram, where you can communicate with us, ask us questions. Let us know what you want us to answer, and um, yeah, we can we can interact with you in those in those social media forums. You've got some questions, I believe, there, Kev, for Jim. Yeah, I've got a couple of questions for Jim. Um, first, first of all, I just from from my point of view, I guess for you guys as well, um, Jim, as everyone knows, is you know one of, if not the best, um, knife photographer in the world, and that's according to you know, general viewing, not just my own perspective here. But um, I just wanted to ask Jim what you actually thought of um, the Sydney show. Hey, uh, Kevin, thank you for asking me. Um, I want to just uh, add a little bit of that because there may be because there may be some viewers and listeners that don't know uh, who I am. Uh, Jim Cooper, Sharp by Coop Photography. I'm about 15 years doing this professional photography thing. And uh, I have a very popular Instagram. It's one word, sharp by coop. And uh, C-O-O-P is the last thing. And, um, and so I'm, I'm very experienced in doing this. I love, love, love my work. Um, and so if, if the people aren't already aware of what I do, take a look-see right now or right afterwards and, uh, and see what I do. Um, in a nutshell, the Sydney show was impressive. In every regard, I've been to many, many shows. I've been hired by many makers to uh, at at shows as as I gave my services uh, here to to the makers that were allowed. But I tell you, I saw crowds there that were so impressive all day on Saturday. It was crowded, and um, you guys talk about the show dwindling down. All shows dwindle down. Of course, there's a rush that happens in the morning, but. I saw numbers there. I saw crowded aisles and tables and excitement the whole time. Um, it, it, by I was very impressed, and it was it was it was good all around. So you need to pat yourself on the back. You got a wonderful knife loving community, great knife making community here in Australia, and I it was a privilege that I was asked, and I was uh, I was taken by surprise at how. Um, the excitement and the quality that's going on. Yeah, that's that's excellent because we were probably as equally surprised that you would have wanted to come out here. <laughs> Being serious, we we were pretty excited when um, when you said yes, and um, it, it generated a fair amount of momentum for our show based on that. Terrific, terrific. And to get and to get you all out, like to get you and your family out. I think that just actually added to um, that whole experience because um, those those of us that have been fortunate enough to get over to Blade Show, 
and and get around to where you are, that that's your team. So your wife and your son and yourself are the Sharp by Coop team. So we actually we needed to get the whole lot of you out, which was pretty cool. Well, yeah, um, your your listeners don't understand that. What they I was approached by Knife Art Association Sydney Knife Show to uh, come and help work the show and do what I can do for uh, the makers. And, uh, you know, I, I got back to him. I said, you know, I really, really want to, but I can't go back to my wife after a week in Australia and say, oh, sweetie, Susan, it was so good. You should have been there. And then if the two of us, and she helps me, she's my business partner. Uh, if we both came back and said, oh, Trevor, my son, he's 16. He's a great helper. You should have been there. So we said, you know, if I'm going to go, I've got to make it happen somehow, all three of us. And we did. And um, and the, the knife-making community has stood behind and said, let's uh, whatever it takes, let's make this happen. So we're, we've uh, we've come to an agreement there and we really did. Um, and, yeah. and while I'm speaking, let me just talk a little bit, just briefly. When I saw the show and I saw the quality of the show and such, it was in between moments because – Every other knife maker finally shows up in table and they're, they're talking socially to everybody. That's the period of time that I have to go to work. And although I'm, uh, although I'm renowned in the knife world and, uh, and my, work is, my work is celebrity static, status, I'm not a celebrity, the, uh, the amount of time I get to chat with people is minimized because I get, when I have a busy show and I have a lot of great work, Guess who has to not talk to you and just get right down to work? That's me. So I literally had a big uh, curtain between me and the, the knife-making community, and I would step out every once in a while, and my wife would step in and say, uh, that's enough, and shush people away. But that's, uh, that's the dilemma of, of doing photography at a show. You're, I'm literally working and trying to provide the best service I can for those makers that have uh, come forward and said, I, I would like my work photographed by you. Yeah, I think everyone that actually has a table at these shows um, can understand that because we're all in that same position where, you know, you've got some people that might come up to you um, to talk about, you know, you're a maker and they like your work, they want to get some tips, and then you've got seven people standing behind them. Hello. Uh, wanting, wanting to look at your knives and potentially buy something, and you've got to put that um, sort of gap in between you know, being polite, being nice and helping someone out and actually doing the job, which is what we all need to do um, and actually sell our product. So, um, yeah, that's good. So I guess my, one of my other questions for you, which has almost been answered by um, what you said already, was um, regarding the uptake of your um, service by the Aussie makers. So from what you've said, um, you, were, you were just flat out, which is fantastic. Uh, yeah, I, I, was, I was plenty busy. Um, the work came in, uh, and I know you're gonna. You're interested in, in how was the quality of the work? What did you see? I, again, imp I used the word impressive before. Uh, no one let me down. This was uh, or let let anybody down. Every knife maker that brought me stuff, I I studied it. I have to show the best of it. But there's uh, there's no no show and no makers in America that uh, that um, that uh, I can. That you need to apologize for. It's uh, everybody here is paying attention. Qu fit and finish, design, quality, ergonomics, uh, mechanics. Everything was was impressive, impressive. Um, so the knife making community in Australia is really um, 
not just creating waves, creating a tsunami that's going to resound across the Pacific and everywhere to uh, to the knife making world. Yeah, wow, that's that's fantastic. Um, now, sort of, I guess, either in relation to or stepping aside from um, the show and having you and your family come out, um, what's been like the highlight of the visit for you all? <laughs> Oh boy! It, it, without question, I'm chuckling now because I'm, my legs are just coming back after a full day, <laughs> afternoon with uh, with with Corin as our tour guide. Um, you got to remember, he was a scouting instructor for years and a trailblazer, mm-hmm. and uh, he took us uh, 45 minutes down the deepest lumber paths to a, a, a little-known uh, state park forest area, and we did we did a hike in what's called um, what's called deep deep path deep pass and they had these slot canyons and um it was so foreign and we had to struggle around my wife and my son everybody but we chuckled we fell in the water we got dirty as you could be uh it was it couldn't have been more fun i think i've never had a more exhilarating hike um certainly not in australia and maybe not anywhere it was it was so valuable to uh enjoy the australian um uh, wildlife and community it was it was inescapable i'm so i'm so pleased i came here if i only shot one knife and and came away with that hike i would have said the, the whole trip was worth it <laughs> that's that's fu- that's fantastic because i as you know I, I popped up um right at the very end of the show there i actually made sure i came back and said goodbye to you all and 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 i had a quick question about what you were getting up to and you said, "Oh, we're going to you know like the the blue these blue mountains," mm-hmm. um, and I, I automatically knew what you were in store for. Yeah. Um, so I, I walked away having a little giggle to myself that <laughs> um, I knew I knew you were going to be walking down that pass and and going through those canyons with Corin, and I'm envious of you actually because um, he hasn't taken me there yet. Hint, hint. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> No, that's fantastic. Um, like I said, for the, all the places around the world that we've been, um, the landscapes are just completely different. And and for every part of another country that I'm impressed with, I come back and then I'm you know I'm still equally impressed and humbled by um, what's around us in Australia. It's pretty fantastic. Really? Did you see any? Did you see, what wildlife did you see, Jim? Did you see uh, any? We saw, Anything in particular? We saw a little bit of wildlife while we were out there. Uh, you know, a couple of kangaroos running away from us, and uh, and and birds and such. How, however, um, we oh, wow. spent we spent all of today at the Symbio Symbio um, Nature Park and uh, saw everything right up close. I was petting kangaroos and and. Um, oh, excellent! And others, it was it was terrific. So I'm I'm I've been immersed with wildlife and 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 stuff. It was terrific, really. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, one one of the other questions I jotted down, which again I don't think it even really needs you to answer, um, is if the opportunity came up, um, would you come out again for the show? <laughs> and I think from what you've just said um, in the last couple of questions uh, or answering the last questions. I'd, I'd probably hazard a guess that you'd be uh, out here in a flash. I'm going to run and not walk to the uh, to answer yeah. those emails and phone calls. <laughs> Believe me, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. I would love I would be privileged to uh, to work at the Sydney Knife Show again. Um, yeah, terrific. Fantastic. I cannot wait. Now, 
Well, as I'm talking to you, oh, yes, I've, yes. I've shot a lot of um, Maker's work, and I cannot wait to get back to start editing, start doing the actual work so that the viewers will uh, see uh, what I do and what the Australian makers have done. And um, as we speak, um, it, nothing's been edited, uh, And but this uh, this podcast will go yeah. on and for for months and months and years so um those of you who might be tuning in a little later uh just my web the website that i carry all my uh images uh, knifegallery.com will have a full show uh um gallery dedicated to the sydney knife show in 2019 you'll find that easily so oh wow that's that's awesome so the last, the last thing, I guess, in terms of, you know, the formal side of questioning for you, Jim, um, if you could give a small tip or two um, for any aspiring photographers that might want to um, particularly get into things like knife photography or product photography, um, what, what small tips could you give them with regard to that? Oh, there's... There, practice. There <laughs> you go. Uh, Corin, Corin just said it. And I hear Corin in the background, yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, just look at your work. Study your work. Uh, first off, cell phones are perfectly okay. I use a, a Canon DSLR. Uh, the equipment I use, I use a, a, a EOS 6D Mark II, and I use uh, strobes, and I use a diffuse. I've used some pretty specialized equipment. I have a bunch of mirrors that push stuff back in and... Um, uh, that's professional quality work, and, and I'm glad you 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 enjoy that. Um, but what a, a good new knife maker needs to do is simply get their work out there. But I say simply doesn't mean mediocre. Um, a lot of times I see makers and people publishing work that is visibly deficient, and there's shadows on blades and... Um, it's 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 not enhancing your work. I said this at a, a little seminar we offered at, the, at Saturday evening at the show. You most custom knife makers are offering work that doesn't. No one needs it. No one needs a custom knife. They have to want it. So you have to create desire. And if you show up and, and you show mediocre pictures without studying your images and taking many and, and choosing the right one. Uh, it's that you does yourself a disservice. So my first tip is simply open up your eyes, practice, take time, and don't. We all, you knife makers out there, you all know your first knife. You all know the grind lines are incorrect and this and that. So uh, you've you've got to. You can't wait for your second knife to improve upon that. So keep taking more and more pictures and images. Look them closely. Do I got enough light here? Uh, you can do it. Um, the Instagram and other places are filled with uh, non-professional images that look superb. And so you want to look at some of those and say, what did they do? Why is their work so clear and good? And understand that. And uh, that's about it. Just keep practicing. Yeah, and in the digital age, there's no excuse not to do that either. Zero. Because you're not having to process films and whatnot. So you can... You know, the delete button on a on a image is good, or like you said, keep it and reference it later and see what you've done better. The just on what you said, the the little bonus we got at the knife show uh, in having you speak to the makers and other guys there that that was absolutely superb. Picked up a couple of nice little things out of that myself. Um, a good a good little advertisement um, for people if you're interested in getting a table at a show. 
Um, you know, it's not just about the knife making. It's not just about the knife selling. Um, it's about, you know, that opportunity to network. And I think everyone that was there um, at that later stage of the day um, would have been sort of pinching themselves to, um, you know, they're sitting in front of one of the best photographers in the world and it hasn't cost them um, additional money as such, you know. Absolutely, Kevin. I can't thank uh, Jim enough for putting that seminar on. For those that took advantage of it, read their emails and saw that it was on for the exhibitors, uh, I, I'm sure, there was, I mean, the room was full and it was uh, an excellent learning experience for all of us just to see how simple it isn't taking a great photograph. <laughs> I, that's what I took out of it. My question for you, uh, for you, Jim, is, um, is do you simply offer a picture, a single picture as your service? Is that, is that what you're providing? That's one of the aspects that I provide, and by all means, that's paramount. That's uh, that's the start of it, but it doesn't doesn't end there as well. You know, that's a nice loaded question. Thank you. Um, but first and foremost, though, you do have to take an attractive photo. So that comes with the good lighting. That comes with the. I, I mentioned at the seminar, I have literally fourteen thousand individual images of knives on in my archive from 2003 and upward so it it's taken a, a quite a few times to get it right um, but that said after we've uh, we've gotten the technical aspects down and we've got a good image um, my process starts at home I edit these images those who know are familiar with my work I I create multiple images of uh, of the same knife on one rectangle and it it some it's a fantasy picture photo but it looks plausible if it's fantasy because we see the folding knife open we see the folding knife closed we see other side we see some file work um, and it's all in one image as if it was four knives looking at you and and that's a fantasy photo but we make it look plausible that um that single image needs to be seen by many and so the, the, the venue that I use is uh, not only I'm going to hand the maker back a portfolio print that he, they can put in their uh, notebook, uh, they put, can put on their iPad, they can put on a scrolling display, they can put it on a website, but I'm going to put it on my website, which is, uh, I'm going to put it on my Instagram and Facebook, both of which are attended to by my Instagram has over 100,000 followers. My Facebook has got... Uh, Every post I put on Instagram goes on Facebook as well. And, um, and lastly, it'll always be on my website in some form, um, that knifegallery.com website, uh, is so they can look at it and look at other works and compare them in detail. And But the largest thing, the thing that puts a, a smile on most makers, uh, um, you know, for them is to find that it made it into print. We're all, you know, as much as the digital age attracts us and Instagram and, and Facebook and our websites, it's all very temporary. There's something very permanent about print. It's, uh, it, it comes out, there it is. So the Knives Annual, all the USA Knife Magazines, which is Knives Illustrated, Blade Magazine, and then I send out to European magazines. I have three European magazines, uh, and uh, four, including Italy, uh, now I've included Knife Magazine here in Australia as editor for who will be able to access all my high-resolution files. So you never know what magazine is uh, might look at something attractive and say, that 
that tells a story. I want to I want to know more about that. And I make these images available to these editors. I make the information sheets that they provide to me about the knife available to them. And the stuff that I um, I have editors tell me my method of sharing the high-res folders and information is the best of all the photographers they've worked with. It's the easiest for them to extrapolate and use. So that's uh, you know that's pumping myself up. But I've made it easy for them to to make sure that they ac- access the makers that are uh, pro- making really good work. Um, yeah. And Keith, I'm sitting here with you as well, Keith. What's your take on knife photography? Do you ever get your your knives pictured? Oh yeah, thanks, Corin. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I got my first uh, professional photo uh, photo done in, at Blade Show in two thousand and ten, um, and every other knife show that I've ever been to, including the Sydney Knife Show. Um, so, you know, I've been trying to keep, uh, Jim here as busy as I can anyway. Um, so yeah, look, I think that it's really, really important, you know, to get that professional photo and, you know, as Jim has just said, um, and I'll just go backwards here a little bit. Another knife maker, I have my, I have my portfolio, if you like, or my photo album and I was showing him, you know, some professional shots and he said, wow, they're, they're absolutely fantastic photos. How much? And, you know, I, I told him the price and he went, oh, that much? That's really expensive. And I said, oh, no, wait a minute. Uh, it's not really expensive at all, I said, because, you know, th- these photos, uh, some of them here have turned up in Blade magazine, you know, the, uh, the knife annual that comes out, uh, even to, you know, some uh, French publications. I said, mate, you can't get that amount of exposure for that particular price. So is it really worthwhile getting a, uh, a professional photo done? Bloody oath it is. So, Keith, um, uh, while you're having a chat with us, um, obviously, with that, um, the, like the return, I, I saw the opportunity for um, getting some photos done by um, Coop as pretty much as an investment rather than an expense, because as you said, you're getting, you know, potentially getting worldwide exposure. Well, you're getting that exposure, and then you're potentially getting into print as well. Um, have you got cases where people have directly contacted you regarding a picture? Um, you know, by Coop uh, or others, um, where they've wanted that knife or it's gained you momentum in your sales? Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, you know, uh, Jim took a photo of a Persian-style uh, dagger that I made, oh, well, uh, maybe two or three years ago. Um, and since that time, I think I've sold about six of that particular style of knife. Um, my, I had to actually bring one of those styled knives, of which Jim actually took a photo this, this past weekend, um, to a, a good collector here in Australia. He waited three years for that knife. Um, and I actually have two more orders for that same style of knife. So out of that one inquiry... Um, out of that first uh, publication of that particular style of knife, 
I think I've up to date now. Um, you know, there's been about nine of that particular style of knife. So if you do the maths, um, you know, hey, it's, uh, yeah, well worth, well yeah, worth absolutely. it. Yeah, yeah. Now, just, just for the benefit of um, the people listening, mate, what's your Instagram account that people can go and look at? Uh, Keith F. Knives on Instagram, and it's the same on Facebook. Or you yep, can... and you've got a website? Yeah, uh, com, or you can contact me on keithflutterknives.com. Uh, sorry, keithflutterknives at gmail.com. Then that's me. I'd give you my phone yeah, number, awesome. but uh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> those, those of us that need it have got it, mate. Don't you worry. Yeah, great, mate. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you kind of actually answered most of the questions that I had, um, you know, to get you in that, again, that formal sense. Um, what, what about Mert or Ke uh, Corin? Do you have anything you want to um, add to, you know, Keith's point of view there? Uh, look, if, if I can make, if I can make one knife a year and get published four times just through one picture, um, uh, it's fair income work. So, there you go. Mert? Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, took a picture of my knife uh, last Blade show, and then next thing I knew was when Blade magazine was doing a chef's knife article, all of a sudden they contacted me, and I, I submitted the picture that Coop took. So I think that's the best investment you can do. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, fantastic. And, uh, also, I have, a question for, I have a question for Jim. I'm here. Jim, uh, did you have any any funny stories about taking photographs of the knives? Did you have any case that you opened the box <laughs> and the knife was rusted, or was there any mishaps? Can you tell me something about that? <laughs> oh, I got I got plenty of stories. Um, you know, I, I no, I've never seen a rusted knife. Although um, sometimes I've photographed used knives for dealers, and I've uh, I've had to spend quite a bit of time with some simichrome and. Uh, um, a little never dull, which is a, a wadding polish to, to bring it up to, to snuff. I, I got a wonderful Scandinavian knife from a maker at, at, at the New York Custom Knife Show um, just about a year or so ago. And it was a sharp little booger. It was really, really sweet. And I photographed the knife in the sheath. And then um, in my haste to put it away, that I just stuck it right in that sheath and just bang the tip. Uh, half an inch of the tip, a, a centimeter, came popping right out of the side of the sheath. I was like, and it was a beautiful, really plain sheath, so there was no hiding this scar whatsoever. There it was, and I just rolled my eyes and said, "Well, I just, I just purchased this knife uh, <laughs> and sheath." And um, so, you know, as soon as I could, I, 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 instead of Trevor walking the knife to his table and delivering it, I walked it over, and, and with my head hung low, I said, "I, I got good news, and I got." Bad news, and yet I have even better news. I said, the good news is I took a great photograph of your knife and sheath. And the bad news is I've stuck the knife right through the sheath, and it's through. And the, the, But the good news, again, is that you just sold that knife. <laughs> um, Did you ask for discounts since uh, the knife was used now? <laughs> uh, but I'll, I'll tell you what. The maker, just like so many of your makers, he said, no, these things happen. I, I, I'm going to sell that knife on my table. I'm going to go back and make another sheath, and I... You know what happened? I said, I tell you what, the, the the knife image is for free. And he says, that would work for me. Let's go. And that's how it worked. 
So um, right. So now, so now we all know what to do. We all need one sheath at our table that has a big cut in it. <laughs> that when Trevor brings that knife back, we just we quickly do the switcheroony and say, "Oh, Trevor, come on! Those those photos have to be free because I've got a hole in this sheath." Nailed I think it. after like I think after about fourteen or fifteen of those, um, you might get suspicious. That's good. Yeah, I, I've cut myself often. Um, you try not to. Uh, those uh, those chamois, sometimes uh, they come in handy to, to soak up blood as well as so, soak up uh, grease and oils. And um, I'll, I'll tell your viewers that every once in a while, the, uh, the guys that make traditional knives, there's uh, some of those guys, they, they put five of those, five, even six of those blades all in one with big, stiff back springs. And it's the most dangerous knife in the world to open. I got them open. You got to watch their habit. And they're ready to spring and they're ready to bite you like a lobster. Um, the, so there's some danger involved in knife photography as well as, uh, as, well as just good visuals. Yeah. Must be hey, also just, satisfying um, you to, so I was saying uh, also must be satisfying too because, Jim, you were collecting knives before, right? I owned uh, probably 60, I still own 60 custom knives. I bought one earlier this year uh, from a website in America. Uh, I'm, yeah, I love custom knives just as your viewers do and, or your listeners do. Um, I support the makers. Um, it's, it's terrific. I've probably had 150 custom knives uh, come and go in my uh, lifetime. I'm, I hold about 50 now. They're wonderful uh, objects. The sense of pride I have in owning them, and um, it's it's terrific. So yeah, I'm not just I'm not just uh, uh, doing a service and making money through the community. I give back in in many ways, if as I can. Right. Um, now, people people have probably already rewound um, to check, but you mentioned a couple of uh, you mentioned a couple of products there that you use, Jim, to um, do a quick once over of your knives. What what were those products that you just said? Sorry. Well, one's, uh, one's like a, a little paste um, that comes out of a tube. It's called Simichrome. It's a polish. Uh, you probably have a similar item here in, in uh, Australia. And the other is a product. It's, it's like um, it's a thick cotton wadding with, um, uh, with some type of chemical in it. It's like an oil, but it takes tarnish off very easily and cleans. It has a little minor bit of abrasive because it's, it's cotton, and you can take off a rust and stuff and... Uh, I'm I'm constantly, you know, you've all seen it. Uh, your makers may not know this. The the one thing when I'm at a show that I have to clean all the time is uh, when we talk, we have a little bit of a little bit of spittle that comes out, and it and it finds itself on the blade, and so you have all these little dots and spots on a polished blade, and um, uh, you know I'm aware of that. I uh, it it happens. It's natural when we're excited. We're we're talking like this. And we're spitting all over the place. So I've got to clean that stuff up. So when a, a maker sends me a, a piece of work, I've got to, I've got to clean it, make sure it looks good, make sure it looks pristine. And, and the last thing I have to do is not eat a bag of potato chips before I lay it on the table so that my fingerprints all, aren't all over the place. <laughs> I think we all have those uh, moments at shows where we cringe when, you know, dad brings these two little kids along and they're sucking on, sucking on lollipops and then they go to reach over to the knives and, um, you know, dad's not paying any attention to it. And, and that's the automatic thing is you just sort of start leaning over to get the cloth out, see if you can save it before, you know, before things go wrong. I had one uh, person at my table this show 
um, and his his little boy decided he was going to climb under my table, and and I was just holding on to the um, tablecloth on my side of the table in case when he decided he'd come out that he was going to pull it, and I sort of was like uh, I was looking at the dad really wide-eyed, sort of going, um, you know, <laughs> your son's just gone under the table. And he was good about it. The dad was great, um, and the son did come out eventually and didn't tear my, you know, tablecloth off. But, yeah, I think we all have those knife show moments where, you know, the, th- the lump in the throat comes up and you're like, oh, dear, something's going to go wrong here. Yeah, absolutely. But speaking about buying things at a show, Kev, did anyone else buy anything at the show? I, uh, I thought it might be interesting to discuss if if you guys did because well I did I dropped uh, I dropped yeah. some some cash on a uh, on one of those lovely stilettos made by uh, Wayne from Wade Knives Wayne Barrett and um, you know honestly uh, you know I really couldn't resist uh, on account of he made stiletto barrel knives and everybody knows how I feel about barrel knives so I dropped I dropped my coin on a beautiful. Uh, stiletto barrel knife with a guard which uh jim cooper actually photographed so you're going to see a photograph of that uh, along with andrew's uh andrew smith's uh version of the same thing that he bought so we picked the two best up off the table early on there uh, so they were my purchases keith you've got one uh yeah thanks corin um whenever i go to a a, a knife show uh, whether it's here in Australia or overseas, my wife Robin says to me, make sure you come home with less than you left with. Um, and that doesn't have to be knives. That could be like handle material. Um, I know that, you know, I probably overdid the handle material a little bit much. I gave it a bit of a nudge this this uh, past weekend. Um, but, you know, you you're walking around the show, the, you know, when you have that opportunity and you go, ooh, ooh, look at that. i got to have that. Um, and uh, I guess, you know, that's a, that's a knife maker's lament because, um, you know, as Corin's just pointed out, not only do we make knives, but we love knives and we see something and we just go, yeah, i got to have that. Um, so usually I buy a folding knife uh, every year or every show that I go to. Uh, but this year I didn't. I uh, I was I was pretty close, but uh, I, I kept hearing uh, you know my wife's voice in the background going, no. But uh, anyway, so it's all good on that, that front. That, Pete, that wasn't in the background. That wasn't in the background. Robin rang me up and said, "Can you put me on speakerphone for a second? So. <laughs> yeah. Hey, thanks. Hey, thanks for that, mate. That's yeah, really encouraging. <laughs> What's your name again? Yeah. Uh, Ke- uh, uh, Chris. Oh, no, Kev. Kev. That's right. Yeah, I got yeah. you. I got you, mate. I got you. But uh, I think we all do that, right? Oh yeah. Like um, I, I was. Um, Meant to be pretty um, good, like you are every night show. I was meant to be pretty good. I told myself the same thing. I don't need a lot of stuff this time, um, so I'm going to be pretty frugal with my spending. Um, and I, I think I just went to the gents' room and came back, and on the floor behind my table, there were like bundles of timber with my name on it. And I'm like, what the? Oh, shit, that's right. Um, I lined up to buy, you know, two or three hundred dollars worth of um, timber off one of the guys before the show even started. So I had that. And then 
Um, I started using the Takapu Special Steels um, products um, before this show, so I, I had some of their, their stuff there, um, which I liked using. So I went and I went to buy um, like two bars and came back with about a thousand dollars worth of steel. Um, I bought five hammers off Matt Mewburn. Um, what else? Too much. <laughs> I should be quiet in case my wife's listening to this. <laughs> oh, and at the end of the day, Peter Chill, of course, um, he was opposite me. Too. Peter Chill's the um, probably the key seller of Ringigi in Australia, and and probably opening up that market in the in the US. He doesn't like to take Timber home, so Peter came over and uh, you know gave me the call to come to his table um, and put a big bag of timber together for a price I couldn't say no to. Um, so yeah, um, I think I came home with about twenty bucks in my pocket, but I've got a lot of stuff to make knives. Yeah, look, um, you know Peter Chill from. Um um yeah yeah he's he's such a great guy and uh yeah he knows how to he knows how to move some material that's for sure (laughs) yeah we should actually give a shout out to peter's daughter as well because she's been at the last few shows um helping him out and you know it's probably not the most exciting place for a um for a young girl to be with a bunch of you know yeah and i'm going to generalize this but bearded hooligans walking around wanting to buy knife handle material um Okay, I'm just describing myself there. So the bearded hooligan coming over and wanting to buy um, knife material. So she's she's been to the last few shows that I've seen Peter at as well and um, helping Dad out, which is a good thing. So what was your shopping list, Matt? Did you um, buy anything special? Uh, I'm sure my wife is not going to listen to this. I spend a lot of money. <laughs> I set my table up. I did not even took any of the knives out. Peter Chill was across me and I went to his table. I didn't go to blocks because a lot of the makers who are starting, they're buying one or two blocks. But I, I spotted he had those massive, massive timbers. Like it's like 30 centimeter wide, maybe 40 centimeter long. And I grabbed four of them. Then I bought some steel and I'm thinking I got all of these steel. I need to be able to grind them with something. I bought belts and Let's say I spend one third or one fourth of the amount I made at the show. Yeah, so I think I actually think that's pretty standard, and I reckon that's pretty conservative. I reckon I reckon I actually this this show I probably went closer to fifty percent of what I earned. Um, I actually spent, um, and and in in the good side of that, I um I I got a couple of um, my knives. Um, photographed by Jim as well, which I, I'm really excited to see those when they come through. I made a set of um, chef knives out of the Takafu Vitoku 2 um, with some pretty pretty special material on them. Um, I alluded to this through my Instagram and possibly the last uh, podcast that um, I had a special um, lot of knives to make and would probably be the first maker in the world um, to use the material. Um, and now's probably where I'm going to stop the conversation and let you all wait for the next episode. So all the knives I was talking about last episode, I was, I was saying I was making a wood knife. Yes, I finished the blade, couldn't finish the handle. I meant to bring a feather integral. I couldn't finish it. So, I, yeah, I got like a lot of half-finished projects waiting for me now. And uh, yeah. how about those award knives at the shows guy at the show, guys? Oh, yeah, look, um, I, I actually was, like, pretty thrilled 
because I got asked to be on the judging panel um, this year. Um, and I got to say that hats off to anyone ever, anywhere ever, um, that has to be a part of a group of people that um, judges prize knives, especially like you're saying with the, the caliber of knives that were presented on in each and every one of those classes this year was, it was a tough job. Uh, the, the winners of those prize categories, which again, were photographed by um, Jim and, and we'll get those photos um, up on various platforms so you can see them. I, I, I was blown away, man. Like I, you know, we have, we have this thing where with the judges, we sort of look at all the knives and then we do a pretty simple thing. We count down three, two, one, and, and we point the finger at the knife that we think is, is the category winner. And then we discuss it. I wish I'd had like four arms because I would have been pointing at multiple knives across the board. They were so tightly done. Did you, I mean, did you guys find that same thing? Uh, speaking for myself, yes. And uh, Keith and, uh, and Jim were both judging this year. Keith? Uh, yeah, look, um, I just have to echo, you know, what you've been saying there, mate. And, um, you know, the thing is that, uh, and I've done it, uh, I think, what, twice before, I think. Um, and the bar gets raised every single year, uh, which is great to see. And, you know, it's, you, you've got to look at everything in perspective and, uh, you know, the, during the process, if you recall, Kev and uh, Corin and Jim, that, um, you know, it's just like, oh, wait a minute, um, you know, we're, we're at even score here. So, uh, you know, discount those ones that, you know, didn't make it and then, you know, discuss it, um, you know, the whys and the wherefores as to, you know, why you, why you like that and, and why you don't like the other one and, you know, at the end of the day, it's really like a coin, uh, sorry, a, a coin toss. Um, yeah, so just fantastic, and you know, right across the board throughout all of those categories, you know, the workmanship is just absolutely fantastic. You know, and you know, I've been to Blade Show for you know the last ten years, um, you know, and seen a lot of competitions, both Journeyman Smith, Master Smith, Best in Show all of that sort of stuff. And I've got to say, uh, and Jim will probably uh, concur with this, that, you know, the knife makers here in Australia are, uh, are world-class. That's for sure. I'm with Keith. That uh, was a great privilege. You know, as many knives as I've handled and shows that I've been to, I've never been asked to have the opportunity to judge. And um, it was a privilege sitting in there. And it was a really reassuring uh, for many of us, for a lot of the choices, uh, we'd all look and kind of handle. Nobody discuss anything. We just uh, privately look over things and then uh, say one, two, three, go. And um, what do we have? Seven people there that were judging, and and to have uh, you know five hands pointing at the same knife at once was like okay. There we are. We we all nailed it on that one, and move move right along. So it, it, we tried to be expeditious, but very uh, fair about it. It was it was wonderful, Karen. Yeah, and then you judge uh, some categories where everybody's pointing at a different knife, and they're all fantastic. <laughs> into the discussion, into the discussion. <laughs> so, there were a couple. There were a couple of categories where we shortlisted, and then shortlisted again uh, before we came to the final thing. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was pretty cool. It was pretty exciting, actually, 
um, being at that, being on that platform, doing that sort of stuff. Oh, absolutely. And a big shout out to some of the winners, um, particularly though, Sean McIntyre for uh, a, a clean sweep of about four categories, uh, which was just tremendous. The quality of workmanship, the design and uh, execution was just outstanding. So a big shout out to Sean McIntyre. Uh, uh, well, being one of two uh, ABS Mastersmiths in Australia, I guess it's... Um, um, a testament to what he's achieved in his career and, and self-explanatory. But, um, but you know, it's one thing to have some letters after your name. It's another thing to have, uh, to be able to back it up with good quality workmanship. And he surely did. Yeah. And in, in one of the categories in particular, though, um, we should point out that it, it definitely wasn't a clean sweep for votes on a particular night. There were, there were some real high caliber Aussie makers that, sort of, you know, starting to nip at his heels, which isn't hard because he's pretty short. Um, but we're nipping at his heels and... <laughs> oh, I had to get that. I had to get that oh. one in. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll pay for it later, I know. Yeah, no, but there was... Uh, nothing Nothing got a clean sweep, which was awesome. Uh, there was not one knife out of that. Uh, I, I'd probably say possibly with the exception of um, Best in Show, um, the Bowie that Sean won... Uh, for that particular category, I think when we all went back and looked at the knives um, across the tables, that that one particularly stood out. It was just, it was unbelievable. It was a bit of a favourite. Uh, so what else is what else have we got, guys? Anything uh, general sort of uh, chit chat regarding Aussie knife making? Uh, look. I think we should do a quick shout out for the next show in the in the circuit, um, which would be, and I'm not sure if it's running this year, so we'll need to check the website. But that would be the South Coast Knife Knife Show, and following that would be uh, that which would be the first weekend in October, and then the second one after that, which is the big one in the calendar, the next big one in the calendar, is the Adelaide Knife Show. So uh, we'll give a quick shout out for those two. Uh, and Adelaide Knife Show is the first weekend in November. If you love knife making, you love knives, come along down there in Adelaide. It's a it's a fantastic show. There's no question about it. And in the previous episode of the podcast that we were recording, um, I was actually giving Adelaide Show a pretty big boost and saying um, how happy I was I'm going to get back there this year. And I was thoroughly gutted when I refreshed my Facebook page later that day and there was the news up that that show is sold out. There's no, no tables available at that show, which for Peter Bald and anyone else that's involved in organising that show, that's absolutely awesome. Like selling out this far in advance um, is kind of crazy. So, Corin, I'll talk to you later about maybe wearing a Gamaco shirt um, and just coming over to visit. <laughs> uh, mate, you'd be most welcome. We should have a chat for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Ad- Adelaide Knife Show is, is run at the Arkabar Hotel and, you know... Um, the reason that Gamaco has the truck set up we, the way we do at the moment is because of the Arkabar Hotel. As anybody who knows how much of a look, I'm going to say it, pain in the ass that show is for uh, for Gamaco, being getting our gear up that little elevator through the bar, through the restaurant, up and down the, the elevators to the to the accommodation. It really is a nightmare. So if you are coming to that show, do come and check out our brand new truck 
and it's not our new truck. It's our old truck that we bring every year that's been redecked out, refitted, and made a lot more workable. Do come and check us out in the car park. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, also, um, like you say, the mother, the show down the south coast. Now, that's something that we need to have a quick. I think we need to give those guys a quick boost too, because um, Ian and Sarah Hamilton from Mother Mountain Forge um, decided they were going to start a little knife show um, for the community down at the south coast of New South Wales, um, and it's a few years. It's been running for a few years, and it's always been um, something that's been held at. Um, Tilba or Tilba Tilba, one of the two um, areas, and you know they're really generous in the in the fact that if you go there as a knife maker, you pay next to nothing for a table, and it's just a really cool little escape down the coast, um, and quite often just a social thing. Normally, um, you know, we, we don't get a massive amount of makers down there, but it's it's just great fun to get down there and and be a part of something. You're taking something great to a smaller community. Now, they've changed the format a little bit last year. I believe, It might have been last year. Um, I didn't get there, unfortunately, but they're trying to get off the ground a little bit more of a, um, a festival, um, not only knife making, but um, arts and crafts and artisan wares down that way. And I believe they're looking at doing it uh, at Cabago, um, which is where another um, reasonable Aussie maker, Ian Stewart, uh, reasonable. Another excellent Aussie maker, Ian Stewart, lives down that way. Um, so if anyone's listening to this and, you know, have a look at the South Coast Knife Show. Um, if you can spare the time to go down the coast for a weekend, it's on at a great time of year for the weather down there normally. Um, step up and, and head down, get some accommodation down there and come along and have a look at it and give Ian and Sarah, you know, a bit of, a bit of support. Um, in that community down there. I think it'd be a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, Kev. It is worth noting it's a one-day show. So it's held on the long weekend in New South Wales. So you can have a couple of days down on the south coast to explore and, and see some sights down there. Great food, great arts and crafts, and just great little communities down there. And and to be honest, um, the highlight of the trip when we send staff down to attend the show is they get to camp out on site at Ian's and Sarah's place and, and have a great time there as well. Cause if you know, Ian and yeah. Sarah, just lovely people. So, and uh, Ian runs courses as well. So if you could book in and run a course, he's, um, he's sure got an arm. He can swing a hammer like no one I've watched. So, you know, yep. Good, good people and a good little show. Yeah. Good stuff. Um, anyone else got anything? Let's talk about uh, the social side of the knife. No show, sure, Kev. The live video we did. <laughs> that do, we really, <laughs> do we really want to talk about that? Where, where do we find this uh, live video, guys? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It's nowhere. It's gone. Don't look. Don't Google. <laughs> um, yeah, as you're saying, like a good part of the, a good part of the knife show um, thing is getting there and going out and just getting amongst it with you, with your friends. Now, um, sometimes that can involve alcohol, um, and and I know we all drink responsibly, but sometimes uh, the alcohol can lead to um, funny funny encounters and funny events. And uh, Mert and I, um, you know, we've already been caught on one occasion uh, doing uh, Instagram live feeds late, drunk in a motel room. Uh, at a knife show, and uh, I'm going yeah, to this, I'm this, going to I'm <laughs> going to interrupt you right now, 
I know where you yeah. both live. <laughs> yeah, and that's why you're that's why you're avoiding us. <laughs> Good idea. Absolutely. Um, so now we we enjoyed we enjoyed um, some some late night drinks with the guys down in the hotel there and. Um, we all we all had a good amount of fun, and then Mert and I decided, you know, well, we ended up retiring up to the room, and um, yeah, there was a little bit of conversation going on and some antics, and I didn't realise for the first bit that uh, Mert even had his phone on him. <laughs> so, um, uh oh, yeah, yeah, there were no there were no drunken cuddles that I'm and aware of. The next morning, the next morning, we were both hangovers. And people come to your table in the morning. Oh man, I watched the live video. Then you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, live video. They look at Mert because Mert, Mert and I. I don't know if there's something going on here with the organisers of these shows, or you know, influence from me. But um, Mert and I have had a tendency to be sat next to each other at knife shows. Um, quite a lot lately <laughs> we we actually so, we actually like to keep the troublemakers together so we yeah. can keep an eye on you well, guys right hey I, and when you say that Keith, guess who was over my shoulder yeah I, I, that's so i can keep an eye on you right <laughs> yeah right or you can keep your eye on me it, i don't know how we're we're like we're we're like i think there's a certain group of knife makers that are like that um, table at the wedding that gets put right the way back from the bride and groom. <laughs> that's us. Yeah, I think we I think we fill that table well. Well, guys. Right. Keith and uh, Jim, is there anything else you'd like to you'd like to put out there for Australian knife makers and and anything else you'd like to say? Yeah, um, I would just like to say, look, I've uh, I've been. Uh, uh, involved in this industry for over 30 years and um you know it, it's it's been a great great journey and um you know the the knife art association has has really stepped up the game a hell of a lot uh you know with the shows that we're running and also the symposiums uh that we run um and uh i know that corin and i uh have been quite surprised at the number of people who have been or show an interest uh, you know in the knife making community and actually having a go at making some knives on their own um, you know and you know the industry is growing at a phenomenal rate and I just encourage anyone who really wants to have a go just to ask you know ask another knife maker attend these events ask the questions you know, attend the symposium, uh, you know, because really, and this is not just an Australian thing, it's a worldwide thing. The knife-making community is really, really good. Um, and so if you want to have a go, that's where you go. Uh, this is Coop again. I, I just want to close and say the, uh, the beauty of the Australian landscape is only exceeded by the hospitality and generosity that I've met through the makers. Uh, I've, I've dealt with makers through every uh, venue. And if I would rank uh, makers uh, that I've dealt with through the years, um, the, the lowest rank would be a, a 7 out of 10 because knife makers in general are great. But I would have to say the Australian makers are in the 9-point series, every one of them. It's, it's, they're just superb. What a privilege being here working with you guys. Um, um, 
partying with you guys, enjoying with you guys, and uh, and getting a chance to work th- with the knives and, and knife makers that you guys have. I can't wait to produce those uh, images, and I really can't wait till um, till I come back again next year. And as a small adjunct, uh, there was a there was a large hole in my pocket burning um, for one of the knife makers that were here, uh, and Mr. Barrett's work uh, t- as well. But the the good news is I had my wife and son here. The bad news is I had my wife and son here. Next year, I'm coming with a packet full of cash. <laughs> here you go, Corin. Well, guys. Yeah. Or, or just, you can just slip 50 bucks to one of us, Jim, and we'll take, we'll take your wife and son out to, to lunch for you on that day. Then you've got about an hour to um, shop for yourself. <laughs> yeah, let's collaborate. Thank you. But we're, we're like I said, well, I think in general, we're uh, as a as the knife art association in particular, um, as well as the knife making community. I think we're all pretty humbled to have you out here, mate. I really do. Yeah. Um, we did have. A, I should I should say. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of people at the moment going. Well, hang on. What the hell about um, you know Mike Cthulhu? Um, we'll, we'll broach Mike's, um, um, guest appearance and stuff on our next episode, I think. Yeah. What a great idea. So, maybe, maybe we'll get him calling in. Uh, that'd be a good thing if we can organize it. Sure we can. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, social media footage, um, out and about from his adventures. If you want to look at it in the meantime, check out what was happening down at, um, Everly Works. Jump onto the Knife Show um, Facebook page. You'll see links to all the stuff that was going on. They did a, um, a, a big, crazy sword-type adventure at Everly. Um, and also, um, Mike was, you know, going around the show, having a great old time, mingling with everyone. So um, we'll, we'll have a bit more of a talk about um, Mike on the next episode. So don't feel like we've just dissed him. Um yeah, we'll cover that on the next one around. And and fancy him meeting his long lost brother out here, Sausage Man. <laughs> yeah, you've got to go and look at Sausage Man Forge on Instagram and check out the photos. I think they they were separated at birth. So a big thanks to Jim Cooper for coming out to Australia. For a big thanks to um, uh, to the Knife Art Association for making it possible. And um, you know, we really appreciate what you've done, Jim. Uh, we appreciate that special filter you use on our knives to make them look better. And uh, we, uh, you know, it, it's just one of those things that uh, if we all make great things and keep them to ourselves, then the rest of the world will never know. So having those images out there being circulated um, is, is just a wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm not saying we all make great things, but, you know, we, we do our best, that's for sure. And yeah, it's a, it's a happy place. So really, really happy to have you here. Thanks for being such a good sport when I made you climb up through rocks and boulders, <laughs> <laughs> scrape your scrape your knees, so climb climb up waterfalls. Um, you know, it's uh, it's always hey, beautiful, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I pulled up okay, uh, and I can tell you, uh, you know, this time of the year, you, you, it's the, the weather's starting to warm up a little bit. But I tell you what, mate. That water is bloody cold. <laughs> I reckon so. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Very good. So all good, guys. And um, yeah, that's that's. Uh, is there any other any other subjects you guys want to cover? Have we got anything in from our listeners? No, just one one quick thing is just because of the uh, Sydney Night Show prep, uh, I was quite on the Instagram side of things, but. Starting from this week, I'll be posting more about the pictures of the 
I took. And also, uh, please send me the pictures of you and your work from the show so I can share on our Instagram page. Excellent. Good and work. you want them? Do you want them to send them to you Matt, directly, or do you want no, them to no, send no, them to the? Not to me. Please send it to Knife Making Down Under Podcast Instagram page. Not to me, please. Just on the on the podcast yeah. page or even Facebook Thanks. page. We can we yeah. can reshare them on a Facebook or on Instagram. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Right, um, so yeah, thanks, thanks everyone. That was a bloody. Uh, I reckon that was a ripper of a weekend, and, I, and I'm really stoked with this podcast. Um, again, Jim, thanks to you and your family. Keith, thanks to everything you do uh, behind the scenes in the Knife Art Association, mate. We all appreciate that. Um, thanks for being our first local guest on the show too. Um, I think that's a pretty monumental thing, and uh, and we'll all sign out and get on with the rest of the evening and. Um, see you guys in a week or so. See you, Kev. See you, Matt. Very good. See you Thank guys. you, guys. All right. Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah.